0: Welcome to Hub & Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub & Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. This is Shaylin Stolk, Senior Energy Analyst, and I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about how natural gas fits into the post-coal electricity market. Who killed coal? Depending on who you ask, the culprits are environmental regulations, competition from renewable energy labor unions, poor infrastructure planning, or a private vendetta by one Joe Biden. While all of these factors play a role, well, except for Biden personally traveling the U.S. to unplug those coal-fired power plants from the grid, the fall of coal is likely a permanent feature of the modern energy marketplace. Since 2008, one-third of U.S. coal-fired power plants have been retired leaving only 205,000 megawatt hours of capacity as of June 2022. Another 25% of that capacity is slated for retirement in the very near future. Part of this is because of concerns about climate change and air pollution. Coal creates more carbon dioxide emissions than oil, 30% more, and twice as many CO2 emissions as natural gas to create the same amount of electricity. Besides that high level of greenhouse gas emissions, coal combustion also releases pollutants like sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxide, mercury vapor, and soot, which have to be scrubbed in order to comply with clean air and water standards. At the same time, improved technology for extracting natural gas from shale fields has reduced the cost of natural gas as a fuel. Plus, renewable energy has begun to gain increasing share of that electricity market. Keeping marginal costs low is an essential part of competing in the U.S. electricity market, which utilizes a bid stack to prioritize which producers get to sell their electricity to the grid first and set the price. And that is based on the marginal cost of production. For older coal-fired power plants, the cost of meeting air quality standards, the competition for natural gas and renewables, and the increased regulation of greenhouse gas emissions have made coal less and less economically viable as a power source in the United States. And the same thing has been happening in Europe. While renewable energy sources such as wind and solar have continued to increase their market share, this growth has not been rapid enough yet to fill the gap left by coal, leaving natural gas fired power plants to pick up the slack. Last year, natural gas accounted for 38% of U.S. power generation, which consumed 36.8% of the nation's total gas supply. In Europe, the percentage of electricity generated by natural gas is somewhat lower, with natural gas filling at 24% of Europe's electricity generation needs in 2020, but that's still significant. Now, this seems like a simple story about Natural gas and renewables out competing coal as part of this larger energy transition. Until this spring, when Europe's natural gas supply was suddenly cut off by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and there were minimal coal fired power plants available to meet demand. Natural gas prices in Europe soared, and both US and European markets were competing over a limited gas supply. This sudden shortage highlights the new primacy of natural gas as a source of baseload electricity generation, and the potential energy security concerns created by that dependence. Are there lessons that the U.S. can learn from Europe's natural gas crisis? While the United States does not share Europe's dependence on energy imports, and that resulting vulnerability to the supply being cut off by a hostile power, the spike in gas and electricity crisis caused by that sudden influx of demand from Europe demonstrates that the U.S. natural gas market is inextricably linked to the global marketplace as the entire world is transitioning away from coal and oil in favor of natural gas and renewables. Europe's dependence on natural gas is very much our concern. And our natural gas dependence in the United States, combined with our dominance as a global natural gas producer, means we'll feel the sting of any shortages around the world. Europe has responded to this crisis by accelerating the development of renewable energy sources, which makes a lot of sense given the European Union's commitment to their energy transition and the fact they already had a higher proportion of renewable and nuclear electricity generation compared to the United States. But even with that emergency investment in new renewables infrastructure and with better and better battery storage options available, there will still be a time lag where natural gas is crucial. That's assuming there are no supply chain shortfalls that delay that installation of more renewable energy infrastructure. And that's a very likely scenario. We've seen that happening in the United States as well. And there may also be ongoing dependence on natural gas as an emergency backup for hydroelectric power. We've seen that in Southern Europe this year where drought reduced hydroelectric output. But overall, we likely are going to see a similar trajectory in the United States. And now that we've got the Inflation Reduction Act in play and other incentives that will allow the U.S. to catch up to Europe as far as transitioning towards renewable energy. Barring some extraordinary economic circumstances, coal is not coming back. But again, that renewable energy infrastructure, including battery storage, is not going to be built instantaneously. Right now, it seems like natural gas is the fuel that's going to facilitate the transition and provide emergency energy when sources such as wind or hydroelectricity get disrupted by extreme weather. The instinct in a lot of states particularly California, has been to rip out existing fossil fuel infrastructure as soon as any renewables come online. But in looking at Europe, we can see this is a bad idea. Removing that infrastructure before renewable energy and battery storage are fully equipped to carry baseload supply, and that means including a buffer To meet unexpected demand or cover lost production during a natural disaster is a recipe for emergency shortfalls and crises. An important wrinkle to note here is that the regulatory environment in the United States and the investment environment means that ramping up production and creating additional natural gas infrastructure, such as pipelines, to meet that increased demand is difficult and expensive. So addressing this need isn't as simple as just cranking up onshore production. One potential solution on the horizon is Fast LNG, which companies like New Fortress Energy have been using to provide natural gas supply to underserved markets in Asia. They've also started work in Mexico. Of course, NGI is following this closely and we will keep you apprised of more developments in this area. But whether or not fast LNG comes to the rescue, we are facing a long-term change in the global demand for natural gas. And that's assuming we don't have another major wrench thrown into the market. And that's going to cause steady high natural gas demand while that renewable energy infrastructure and battery storage comes online over the next few years. Based on the timelines from renewable energy developers, We'll probably see another shift in the marketplace dynamics between 2025 and 2030 as renewables and storage are able to pick up that base low electricity demand. But until then, the most likely scenario is that natural gas is going to be carrying the U.S. and European electricity market. That's all I have for you today, but I invite you to keep checking for more podcasts on natural gas the electricity market, and the post-coal energy world. I also invite you to follow along with our journalists at NGI as they cover these topics in more detail. If you subscribe, thank you. If you don't and would just like to see some more content, please visit our website. That is naturalgasintel.com. On behalf of everyone at NGI, thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you again soon.
0: Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or bidweek week pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.